Welcome to the AverageMoms.com podcast. You're listening to Alicia, Caroline, and Crystal. We are average moms with average problems, and you're about to listen to them. Well, I are we starting now? Because I would save that comment for when we started. Are you starting? Let's do it. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> We're in- Welcome back. Hold on. Welcome back to Average Moms. We are so happy that we are recording again and able to catch up with y'all. And today we have structure to our conversation. Because um, where would Alicia be without structure? I just want to point out that I don't think that it was me who suggested we have structure. Oh, but that's you true. were you were the muse for the subject. This is true. This is also true. Crystal with the truth bombs. Uh, well, keep me honest. Well, um, yeah. yes. I just wanted to say that uh, that was the intro, and now we can talk about the topic of the day. Oh, the topic of the day. Yeah. So, so do, what did you have to repeat your your say your statement? Why can't you have a, a what and when? So what I was going to say, what we would like to chat about at the top of the episode today, what's super on top of mind is fall beverages. Who says that you can't have a pumpkin spice latte in July? You can have one before the fall equinox. And is it is it time for flannel? I have to say, I went into the grocery store the other day. It was 83 something degrees in there. And I saw a woman wearing the fall outfit of the year, like just fully falled out. She was ready for fall. She had her like riding boots that went up to her knees with her like black leggings. And she was like fully, she had a scarf. She had long sleeves on. I'm like, lady, it's 80 something degrees. It may want you want it to be fall, but it doesn't, it's not fall in the uh, environment yet. Right. I feel like we need to remind the listeners that you now live in Georgia where it's probably not going to be fall until December. That's true. <laughs> this is true. Oh, is it real cold in Maryland already? No, but it's not going to, you live, you live in the South now, friend. Like it's going to be warm like to Thanksgiving. I can't wait. And so why was this woman all decked out in fall and auto- autumnal gear and it's 80 something degrees outside? She had must have been sweating. Well, she was hoping yeah. to conjure the appropriate season by her um, ensemble. She's, or she, she's she got manifesting. New, yeah, or she got new clothes and was like really excited to wear them and was like, fuck the weather. I want to wear my new shirt. I did pull a sweater out of my closet this morning because in the morning it was chillier. But then by the time I had gotten ready, I was sweating and I was like, there's no way. <laughs> I can't. I can't wear this sweater. I really want to. And I'm so excited to see it again, but I'm not going to put it on today. I'm um, a okay. big proponent of layers because I also live in Georgia and I'm a big proponent. I, was like, I generally keep a sweater at work that I put on because most everything else I doesn't have sleeves because it's so hot. Um, but yeah, layers. So. I have to say that I am incredibly sad to see summer go. I'm such a, like, I, I live for summer. And if I had to pick, I guess fall would be next and then spring and then winter. But, like, I hate, like, it looms over me that the days are getting shorter and that it's getting cooler outside. And it just makes me sad. And I also hate the transition of flavors because I used to go to Dunkin' Donuts. We do a morning walk every Saturday and we go to Dunkin' Donuts to get coffee. And over the summer, Dunkin' rolled out this, uh, 
coconut milk latte and oh my goodness it was so good and then last weekend we went and it was no let me guess let me guess what it was let me guess now that it's fall let me guess what their seasonal flavor beverage was crystal was it a pumpkin spice latte (laughs) coming in hot (laughs) yes oh and i am very upset about it (laughs) Yeah, but but don't you know that pumpkin spice lattes are, like, the definitive beverage of the season? Like, you cannot actively enjoy or appreciate fall without sipping on a pumpkin spice latte. Didn't you know that? Because I feel like that is all that society presents us with. Like, that is the only acceptable way to be a fall person. I mean, if you're a conformist, sure, but I'm going to stick to now I make them make my latte, even though it's not on the menu. (laughs) Yeah, I mean – I don't I think it's uh, I think it's ridiculous to abide by arbitrary flavor rules, right? Like that's dumb. It's like who says I can't wear white after Labor Day? Well, I coconut say, latte. I say after that you Labor can Day. and I say you can have that too. I think Martha Stewart says no white after Labor Day. Well, that's a you total know what? lie. Didn't research that. She <laughs> fact check looks good in orange, so <laughs> So she's got choices. <laughs> I will say that I don't know that I've had more than, I. this might be crazy, but maybe more than two or three pumpkin spice lattes in my life. I don't enjoy that flavor. I only, I never even liked pumpkin pie until I made my first pumpkin pie when I was like 30 maybe, or like, I don't know, well into my life, right? And, um, but the one thing that I am very excited for for in the fall is apple cider. Apple cider, apple cider donuts. Those are the jam. Yay. No? I mean, I, mean. I like, I just don't get, I don't know, man. Like, I, I like what I like and it transcends seasons. So. I don't get hyped about that stuff. So, I mean, I get it though. Like, if you really like apple spice donuts or whatever, they're not really readily available other than in the fall, right? Unless you get special order them or whatever. But there's pretty much everything I really like is readily available at all times. Or if it's not, I, you know, go out of my way to make sure that I can have it. So there's, and there's not a particular fall flavor that, I mean, I like apple cider. I'll take a pumpkin spice latte, but I'll never voluntarily order it. But if somebody handed it to me, I'd drink it. Um, but there's just, there, I, I don't feel, I don't feel bound by f- seasonal flavor rules. I don't like hot coffee as like a rule and I just, no, my coconut latte is iced. So um, unless there was like an iced pumpkin spice latte, which I think sort of defeats the purpose of it being like a warm, cozy drink. No, I like that kind of, I like that kind of like rule breaking. I think I I support that sort of renegade, you know. That's Carrie's jam in a major way. If you tell her to turn left, she'll say, fuck you, I'm turning right. 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 <laughs> so the one thing that I can get behind, sort of. So like I am a big fan of craft beer and I so I really like summer craft beers. I'm not a big fan of IPA, but I love a good shandy and I am a big fan of like blondes and pale ales, but not Indian pale ales. I don't like the the hoppiness of it. But um I also like I live for a good like red beer next to the fire or like I would even go out to say like I like the hat like the pumpkin beers which is weird they're delicious yeah however last summer or last 
Halloween, I drink too much off of them because they usually have a significant higher alcohol content. So when you're like sipping them by a fire, you don't realize how much you're drinking until you're running out of your living room to throw up out the back door. Like that happened. And I, I, (laughs) maybe there's a pumpkin beer in my fridge from last year because I could never bring myself to drink it. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it funny though, that if that happens now where it used to happen to us at like two 30 in the morning, now it's like nine 15 and shoot, I've been drinking too much and now I've got to go throw up out my back porch. Like, <laughs> this was actually the next day oh, where I was wow. like, "Oh shit!" I had three beers and now I'm dead. Well, because my <laughs> initial mental image was of you stumbling around at like three in the morning, you know, like having just come home from your party or your bar or whatever. And then I was like, "Wait, no! When does that ever happen?" Now, if we get drunk, it's before ten p.m. because I have to be asleep by ten thirty. <laughs> yeah. Well, your initial thought of me is incredibly wrong because there's no bar or party to be had. I was at a fire throwing candy at small children. Oh, how wholesome. <laughs> what a wholesome fall activity. Just like apple picking, which I've never done before. Um, I've never done really? apple picking. I've never but... done any kind of picking. Oh, really? Yeah. I've done cherry picking. Have you picked pumpkins? Have I picked apples? I might have. Oh, I've picked strawberries. I've done, no. a, I've done a hayride. How I many pumpkins do you pick? You Just pick, one. You pick one. I mean, right? how do you how do you pick a pail? Of, wait, what is it? Pick a patch of pumpkin? No. What is <laughs> like, wasn't there a nursery Piper. rhyme? Peter Piper. Yeah. Pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. How many? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's pickled peppers. So then, who picked the patch of pumpkin? Nobody. You made that up. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody thing. with a wheelbarrow or something at least. All right. So we need a round table on what. Well, on seasonal fall seasonal beverage favorites or beverage or snack or any whatever your favorite seasonal indulgence for the fall is yeah for the that's fall fall centric mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm gonna nominate crystal to go first um if i had to pick a seasonal beverage to consume in the fall land it is going to be a red beer or I do like a good apple pie with like a scoop of ice cream on top like that 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 fits right up into my alley but next <laughs> uh so when does fall end is that around Thanksgiving yeah no, that's right before Christmas yeah yeah fall- when does winter start December winter 21st starts at Christmas? is the first day of winter yeah. all right so then fall stuff for December sure. 21st loving the idea I mean I, I I do love the apple cider with some caramel um but if I'm having a beverage it's got to be caffeinated or alcoholic so that doesn't fall in that range I do like the turning of the season because now I'm drinking red wine again versus white wine so that's like my fall drink beverage of choice that goes into when it gets warmer yes but is it pumpkin spiced red wine because no. it does not count absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not as a food um apple cider donuts 100 percent. but nothing pumpkin so i just need to remind you that you now live in georgia so your pronunciation of caramel needs caramel to change. did no, i say caramel 
No, you said caramel, and it it's is caramel. caramel in the south. It's caramel, mm-hmm. caramel. No, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely caramel in the south. Like, <laughs> I was born in Alabama, and most of my southern accent is gone, but not my kind of word pronunciation of like it is definitely caramel. I will not change. I will not. <laughs> I, nobody, she will and, say y'all, and and nobody's asking you to. So you just keep right on pronouncing whatever you want to pronounce. Um, my favorite fall thing, I will take like a, I like. I like a nice chai latte. Does that count? Ooh. I mean, that's got like some spicy yeah. kind of, it feels kind of fallish without being yeah. too like pumpkin-y. So that's kind of mine, I guess. I do love a chai latte. That is true. Yeah. Um, a oh, hot one. Got it. Yes. That's the only hot beverage I would enjoy. I just don't, so coffee just tastes burnt to me when it's hot. Ugh. Oh no. But I love the first like summer day is getting an iced latte. That is like my jam. Uh, it's like fond memories. That denotes your summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Iced well, lattes and white wine. <laughs> that's that's not what we're talking about. Now we have structure and we're only okay. talking about fall things, except for know, right now. Except for when right we're now. segueing into. Yeah. When we're segueing into rigidity of schedules and structure. Which reminds me, why do we? No. See, I disagree because we don't need rigidity of beverages in our seasons we can drink our apple cider caramel beverages in year round yeah if we want to agree <laughs> agree okay rigidity of schedules so this topic came up because alicia has a tendency to make excel spreadsheets like extremely detailed ones and they're very helpful don't get me wrong but like there is definitely some sort of level of anxiety and I was just gonna say like anal (laughs) anal retentive or control issues yeah (laughs) wherein there needs to be if like if it has not been written down and like tabulated and like you know highlighted and check marked like it will not happen in her mind or which goes back to the comment or conversation crystal and i were having that i have an issue with deleting emails i cannot because what if i need that again in the future i might need to see that email but from some store that i yeah no i have a problem i know that yeah no i mean there's a thin line between that and hoarding isn't there because like if you can't delete emails and like to be a hoarder can can you throw away old newspapers i try Yes, okay. I have. Okay. Can Old you magazines. I try. Yeah. <laughs> Old magazines are harder. No. Okay. Well, so for an example, I think what Carrie's referencing as far as Excel spreadsheets is the tracking of the the baby. So I don't know if I did it with Finn, but with Graham for sure. Maybe early days with Finn, tracking. And Graham is times. your first child. Just Graham's so everyone knows, Graham. Yeah. And for sure, when Graham, I mean, we had the app for Graham. And then for Finn, I tried various different things because I was just like, I don't know what works best. Is it this app? Is it me writing it down on this spreadsheet? Or is it da, da, da? Um, And so it was tracking his age, what, how much milk he was drinking, when he was nursing, when he was sleeping, when he was pooping, all this stuff. I don't know that I worried so much about the poop and the pee with, with Finn, but for Graham, I definitely did for an, a longer than necessary um and like do you still have those logs i'm sure you do and i'm sure one day at like his wedding you're gonna be like hey on this day when you were three days old you pooped six times and at these times and you know what's sad are you still are you still that regular (laughs) 
I think what's sad is those apps, in order to re to download the historical, you have to like pay. And, that, and I was like, at the time it was free. And I'm just, I don't know that I would reinstall it just to download it, but I probably should maybe screenshot it. But I do have the spreadsheet, um, which I shared with Carrie to be like, so here's an idea. Yeah, no, you expect. did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's good friendship. I mean, at least you lay out the facts. No, she was very helpful because her baby was born nine months before my first baby. So I literally found out I was pregnant, like when Graham was two weeks old. And then, and then she was, I, I forget, but it was very helpful. There was a lot of resources that she provided. And then also the Excel spreadsheets, which I did not really use. Um, but that's just because I, I don't know, man. I just, it, this is why it comes down to the topic of the day, because everybody's got a different sort of um, uh, sort of gauge of efficiency and usefulness of these things, right? So I don't know. I think for me, it was about controlling my environment. And I think that was very uh, apparent at the beginning of the, of the pandemic is like, you can control what you can control. And so for me to be able to, to analyze and look at something, and I also was, I was so overwhelmed and just internet was like way too much and not enough and like I just I needed what I really needed was a parenting coach and I probably should have gotten one back that you know back in the day and maybe I don't and maybe it's all this you you learn by fire or whatever it is but um it was like that extreme anxiety and probably a symptom of postpartum depression and anxiety where it was like I need to be able to to be able to see this and, and I need to write it down so that I know what's going on. And then, um, and also remember it because my memory is horrible. So like, if I didn't write it down, I would never know when last did this, that, or, or whatever happen. And then what I've learned is that ultimately it doesn't matter because eventually, even if the kid doesn't poop for like two days, he'll poop. And if he doesn't, you'll know there's an issue. And what's if he the doesn't, worst? you need more help than your spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So where do we all fall? I think we know where I fall on the rigidity spectrum. I'm on the opposite end of that. Um, I do like, I, there is a certain satisfaction as I've gotten older um, in making lists and checking things off. But in general, um, I do tend to be organized, but I just, I don't write things down. Um, and I certainly, and with things like that, like, the utility of doing that to me, it, it was like, I don't think I can look at charts and whatever, but it, it, there was nothing, there's no key to parenting, right? Like there's no, there's no magical answer and there's no like magic bullet for how to be successful and how to raise like a really healthy, happy kid. Um, and so I just, I don't know. I sat on my ass and watched Parks and Recreation, like basically the entirety of when my son, my firstborn son was like a newborn and even past that. So um, but yeah, I don't, I don't keep spreadsheets. I don't, I don't make lists very often. Um, somehow my life still functions, but it would probably not Alicia, if she was trying to live in my shoes would probably have a harder time because of the things that I don't think about or that think about in my head and don't have written down somewhere. So may, for, may forget. I guess. Mm -hmm. What about you, Crystal? I think I live sort of in a gray space in between you two because I live for a good list, but, and like I make spreadsheets for things like 
like our wedding. Like I have a spreadsheet from our wedding that's like six different tabs and like each of them is like a budget and like an itemized list of what we needed to do and by when and like that sort of stuff. But I'm pretty sure because I planned my own wedding myself, my head would have like fallen off had I tried not like tried to just remember all of these things. Um, and like how much money we owed who and like when they needed the next payment by and blah, blah, blah. And then when I was working really hard to get debt free, I like made a spreadsheet on like, this is our plan, but I find that I'm extremely productive when I have a plan. So I'll like, like I'm, we're debt free except our mortgage at this point. So like, it, like it, it works for us, but it's just, my husband looks at it and he just laughs at me. And like, he's the one, he thinks I'm super structured because he is, he has no structure. <laughs> he has no organization. He has no, like, he does, he's where he needs to be when people tell him to be there sort of person. Um, and there's like no thought process behind how he got there, what, what the steps were to get him there. Um, but I, when it comes to my kid have been like fairly lackadaisical with it. Like we didn't even, I didn't even pay attention to when she was sleeping and when she wasn't sleeping because she wasn't sleeping. There, there was like not enough to pay attention to for the longest time. And then, she just started, I told daycare, I was like, let her sleep when she wants to sleep. She'll wake up when she wants to wake up. And I don't care outside of that. And now she has herself like pretty much on her own schedule to where she, she'll go, she goes down for a nap at the same time, basically every day. Like, um, she wakes up from her nap the same time, basically every day without us waking her up. And then she used to, and this is like a point of contention for me right now. She used to ask us to go night night, and it used to be like without a fight and super easy. And now she'll tell us she's tired, but then she wants to play a game and she wants to brush her teeth, but she doesn't want to brush her teeth and she wants to pick her jammies, but she doesn't like the jammies that she picked and she wants to be changed and all that stuff is making me lose my mind. But as far as like, like, I don't have, I know people who have like set schedules for them to eat and who are super religious about that. And like, they are very meticulous about like, no, it's not your eating time yet. You have to wait 30 more minutes before you can have a snack. And like, that's just not me. You're hungry here, have a snack, eat some blueberries. I don't care. You're sleepy, go to sleep. And I think it's played out very well for us for the most part. Like my kid is, she sleeps a lot now and she's pretty like happy and I'm happy because I don't have to worry about things, but I think that, I don't know, we just, I have like a mix between the two, I suppose. You just hit a like trigger on me, like, so snacks. If she eats a snack before dinner, does she eat dinner? Sometimes, but I don't care. (laughs) She's eating. That's what matters to me. Like, she doesn't wake up in the middle of the night asking me for food. So if she eats a snack at four and we eat dinner at five, like, my feelings are not hurt. Oh, I need to. I'm I'm a grazer. Yeah, I graze. Like, I eat whenever I want to eat, so I can't she. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I um, I I give my kids snacks because to, to, to shut them up a little bit, um, <laughs> like, like if I pick up the kids, right, I get off of work at five. So I, I, I get there to pick up the kids at like five forty, And so they're starving, but meanwhile, we've got to eat dinner, but somebody's got to make it. And it's usually me too. So like, even if it's just like microwave, whatever, or, you know, popping some frozen chicken nuggets in the oven, but, um, 
So I give them like their little yogurt snacks to kind of just bide me some time so I can actually cook their dinner or do something to or like take the dog for a walk or like even go potty myself, you know, like, so I, 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 I am also not, I'm definitely not rigid about eating structures. And I do sometimes though, I do sometimes wonder because, um, if, I don't know if they were eating, if they would eat at more regular meal times, if I didn't just kind of cater to their snack whims, but like, I try not to overdo it, but I also don't keep it. It's not structured in my head. Like how many times they asked for a snack versus how many times I gave them. It's just kind of like a general feeling like, Oh, they've had a lot of snacks today. So maybe we'll say no snack right now, but we're going to eat soon or something like that. But see that though, and that's, that I think makes sense. But for me, it's like my kid, they have two breakfasts. They have breakfast at like when they wake up and are downstairs to get dressed and then probably like an hour to an hour and a half later. And then immediately after the first breakfast, my four-year-old went and grabbed an apple and then he took like two bites of it and then he wanted to throw it away. And I said, absolutely not. If you took that apple, you need to eat it. If you're not going to eat it now, then you'll eat it later. And this happened yesterday. He asked for, a pe- they asked to eat lunch early. They were starving. They told me they were so starving and it was early. I was like, fine, we'll eat early. I was trying to be flexible. I was working on being flexible. They took not two bites of their food and then moved on. And I said, fine, if you're not going to eat the sandwich that I made for you now, then you can have it for a snack after your quiet time or nap time. Did they eat that effing sandwich afterwards? No, they did not. And so my problem is like, I need, I just don't want them to be like, I'm not going to eat this. And it's not even like we're giving them food that they wouldn't normally like you know I gave them frozen chicken nuggets for lunch today my kid my two-year-old licked the ranch off of it and took like two bites of a fry and then he was like I'm done and wanted to leave and I'm like you're gonna be starving later what are you gonna be eating later you know so that's what frustrates me and I think it's all about my cat crying in the background but no it's all about like being I guess controlling but at the same time I don't want you to take two bites of something now and then tell me you're hungry 30 minutes later this is lunch eat lunch now this is what you're eating now yeah that's valid what is it about that that bothers you I don't want to have to have a revolving pantry door trying to figure out what they're going to eat next yeah no that's valid and it's also it's like you don't want to have to stop what you're doing and prepare something too like okay if you're going to eat and eat now and then you know whatever so I, I definitely see your camp your I'm, you know, in that, that being said, I don't. So there are definitely days that my kid eats ketchup for dinner because she won't eat anything more. And like we try, so we are like in a habit of giving her a snack before bedtime anyways, because like her weight gain stuff. And so like, I feel like I've created, like we, we were so concerned about her weight gain for so long that like, I'm not going to rip away her evening snack now. So like at this point, we've created this monster out of necessity with making sure she got the calories that she needed to continue to grow and gain weight. But I also don't really feel bad about it because her nighttime snack is like strawberries or blueberries or yogurt or like we, most of what we offer her is healthy. So like, it doesn't really make a difference to me whether or not she has it now versus later. But I also 
give her things that can be put back if she doesn't consume them. Yeah. Like we don't give her a whole apple. We give her apple slices. And if she doesn't eat them all, we put them in the fridge and we give them to her later. So it's already prepared. And I'm just like, okay, you want an apple? Here. Here's your apple. Here's your orange. Here's your yeah. whatever. Well, in the case of the apple, of the apple that is now sitting on the counter with three little nibbles taking out of it, um, my son, now four-year-old, can reach things and now just grabs off the counter whatever he sees anytime he wants. So I'm, like, having to relinquish my, like, parental oversight on that because if it's fruit and it's in a bowl and you can reach it, then by all means you should be able to eat it and I shouldn't be policing you on that. Where my problem lies is if you're going to take something, then you need to eat it. Don't ask me for, my like, the two-year-old who doesn't know any better asked me for another bowl of soup which they ate. They loved it, which I was like, vegetables are getting into their bodies. This is amazing. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and it had been a long time since that had happened, but, um, you know, he asked for a second bowl and then he didn't eat it. And that drives me crazy because I don't want to put that soup back in the big pot, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, sometimes we do, but I didn't want to. And, it's wasteful. And I'm just like, don't you know, two-year-old, that you're wasting food? Yeah. They're starving. <laughs> there are starving children elsewhere in the country. What would they think? No, but that's that's valid, too, because I also – I don't like wasting food myself, but I've, like, kind of made peace with it with my kids. Because, like, whatever the, the this disgusting spittle-covered crumbs that are still, like – like basically like three quarters of the chicken nuggets, but they're still got ketchup remnants. Anyway, it's like, I'm not putting that back into the big bowl of stuff, no, you know, like no. it's just not. So I've just kind of made peace with dumping that out into the trash. But now that we have a dog, I also just give some to the dog. So it doesn't uh-huh, there we go. totally go Ooh. wasted. Crystal does What about approve. like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is like a big no, no in our house because my dog's stomach is so sensitive. It's like a huge, I don't want my dog poop, pooping blood. Do not let him have any leftovers. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <But laughs> just hit a hit a heart string. Yeah. Um, but the – I guess the next question with not wasting food, do you guys – are you, like, clean plate clubbers then? Like, are you strict when it comes to, like, how no. much food they're eating? No. I, I follow the whatever the Instagram account that is, like, you just expose them to the food and, like, you give it all to them at one time so they don't learn to, like – value one thing over another or think Mm -hmm. that dessert is only for reward or whatever and just let them eat what they want and then just whatever so I'm not a clean plate camp because that was my family growing up and to the point where like I had gone to college and come home for dinner and I had gotten seconds or thirds or something that my mom had made because I was a starving college student and I could, I was like so full and my mom just says, Alicia, you do not need to finish that bowl. Like you don't need to clean your plate. And I was like, are you sure? Cause that's how I grew up. Like I had to clean my plate. Um, and I'm trying not to do that with the boys, but Graham has already somehow like picked up on this like accomplishment of, are you so happy, mama? I clean. I ate all my food. Are you so happy? And I don't know how oh, wow. that happened. Daycare. I bet you it's daycare. I'm sure it's from daycare where they're like, oh, good. You finished all of your whatever. Look at mm. you. Yay. And they celebrate people for doing that. So now yeah, they maybe internalize it. It's something to be celebrated, which yeah, it's just it's just an old way of, of being. Yeah. Yeah. I think it 
is deeper than that a lot of times because people like develop disordered eating because of the dessert as a reward thing and that sort of mentality so yeah yeah we don't wait so oh sorry no I was just gonna go back to the main subject so we've got I was gonna say the same thing we've gone all over the place and that it's all about control for sure yeah I mean it is like are you eating on time what are you making them to eat are you like are they sleeping on time are they like I feel like my kids so now let's just talk talk about our general kids schedules and like my kids have a fairly flexible schedule where they do things at a roughly the same time every day. But like, if they sleep a little later, I'm not going to go wake them up the minute that it's after that, you know, but, and if they eat dinner, you know, there's generally like an hour to an hour and a half to two hours sometime window in between what they do and like what the time is. And I, so like, I'm just curious about the rest of you. I know, Crystal, I, I'm curious to hear what you're up to these days, because I know your daughter has a, a split schedule. You don't have a set wake-up time between the work week and the weekend. Well, we do now. Like, she wakes up at a different time now for going back to school and daycare and stuff. But um, she, during the week, we wake her up at 6.10, and I try to well I wake her up at 6:05 and I try to get her diaper changed and her downstairs and ready to eat by 6:10 but that's been more like getting her up at 6:10 and then she's downstairs by like 6 16 usually it's usually a battle <laughs> I only know that because my husband always looks at me and he's always like I have to leave here in 15 minutes and it's always 14 minutes and he's like give me the look and I'm like oh god I'm a minute late oh. whatever um so I get her ready and get her downstairs get her fed out the door 6 30 work all day rush to pick her up daycare closes at five which is a nightmare um so she one of us is picking her up and then we feed her like she also goes to bed at still is going to bed super early like she was in bed at 6 15 tonight that's wild yeah I'm, but if she's waking up at six and she needs 12 hours at night, like, I think that would yeah, be. Yeah, so I think right now her sleep needs are, like, 14 hours, and she's still getting roughly 16, usually. Like, it's usually 15 during the week, which explains by, like, by the end of the week, she's, like, a super crank. Like, she is really irritated and ready for bed, and t- tonight she went down without, like, any fuss at all. But, mm-hmm. um... During the weekend, we let her sleep. So she goes to sleep at 6.15-ish, and then she usually wakes up at, like, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And then we do whatever. Usually, like, Saturday morning, we'll go for a walk and go to Dunkin' and get, like, munchkins for her. And then uh, my coffee, which is now not a coconut latte. (laughs) But, um, and then we like play or whatever and she I've been trying to do one activity with her like one like not structured per se but like it's just something that's like an organized event it's not like random chaos in our living room because she basically has free reign of all her toys at any given time but like and then she goes down she's going down to sleep at noon which makes lunch really challenging and then she sleeps until 2 30 or 3 o'clock so then we have a three hour like it's just I feel like a, a rat race just trying to accomplish all of the things that she needs to accomplish during a day and the short amount of time that we have awake with her yeah so, well yeah. and then so how does that affect her because if her schedule is shifting so 
she's during the week up at six, bed six fifteen, and then Saturday morning she wakes up around seven thirty. Does she then go to bed closer to seven thirty, or does she still go to bed at six fifteen? She still goes to bed at six fifteen. And is her I mean, nap? Do you know how long she's napping at daycare during the week? She's napping. Uh, she goes to bed at noon, and she wakes up around two thirty still. But um, oh, on the weekends too. we try to uh, we try to get her up. Husband's running water. We try to get her up around. Uh, we try to put her down early still because if she wakes up earlier, because she's getting more sleep at nighttime then we get to like do something longer in the afternoon so like really the only difference is like when she wakes up from her nap to like enjoy the day or do something fun so usually she'll wake up earlier on the weekends from her nap than she does (laughs) so much later so much feedback Uh, my, I burnt, I was a fun fact about the fall thing is I had read about orange peel and cinnamon and like simmering it on your stove and blah, blah, blah. And I was doing that. My child had an orange this afternoon and I put some cinnamon and I like put the orange peel in there and I just had it simmering for a few hours and apparently it burnt the pot. So my husband is like running water and trying to scrub it when he knows we're recording. So. <laughs> By the way, I've I've read that if you're going to do that, that that pot is now your or your essential oil pot. Like you can't really use it for cooking again. So just keep that in mind. It's like the um the resin and the oil from the orange peel just really screws up your pot. So um well, I don't know. If first and last time is. I tried it, I guess, because I just burnt the bottom of the pot because I didn't even know it was burning. Sitting right in front of me. Oh well. Um, but yeah, the only difference between her weekend and week schedule is her weekend she usually naps for slightly less time. Oh, okay. Okay. So she goes down at the same time. She just wakes up. Wait, she wakes herself up. So she usually wakes herself up earlier. I hate yeah. waking her up. I hate waking the sleeping baby. But sometimes we like have plans and I'm like you got to go, babe. But. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'll let them sleep if I don't have plans. But if we've got to go somewhere, then I have no qualms about, like, being like, all right, it's time to get up. That's so funny. So I plan my life around her sleep, usually, just because for so long it was so, like, such a far out there grasp that now that I have it, I'm, like, not going to let it go. <laughs> yeah. And Graham was a bad sleeper. So, like, I was of the the mindset that, like, um, I need to, well, okay, well, first, to begin with, like, I needed to make sure that he was sleeping in his crib when we were, um, when he was supposed to be napping. I was a little bit more loose on that after he consolidated to two naps, and I was okay with his morning nap being, like, out and about in the car or something, but his afternoon nap had to be in his bed, or maybe it was the other way around, but, um, but yeah, I I was like, when when he started waking up at five o'clock in the morning, and we had to start capping his naps, there was no universe that I would like mess up with his mess his sleep up in any way, like try to keep it as as consistent as possible, so that I could mm-hmm. try to make the night sleep more consistent because it was all over the place all the time, and I just felt like. I was losing my mind and it was such a struggle and that's why I would, but I would never let, 
um, him sleep for longer than three hours because I was always worried that that meant I was going to be up at like three o'clock in the morning or every two hours all night long. Hmm. Do you think that helped? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's all so different. I think we've talked about this before. Like when we, um, we got the okay to wake clock and then we went to Mexico and we were on central time a week earlier than daylight savings time last year right so that whole daylight savings time adjustment which is coming up because it's the fall again um which i think might be even easier to do here because we are so much closer to central time so we're so much closer to like how the sun is traveling yeah that's right now dark in the mornings here yeah um so i think the adjustment might be easier just on the circadian clock in the body but um so we lived on central time for two weeks. We lived on it during our week vacation, and then we lived on it for the following week. But the whole point of the story, which has nothing to do with the time change, is that we had this okay to wake clock, but then we didn't take it to us, take it with us to Mexico. And then I didn't use it the week after we came back because everything was still in flux. And he started sleeping in. And I was like, holy F, this clock is actually waking him up. There's no noise. It's just a light. But I yeah. guess in that like morning wakefulness, you kind of like peek and you see is the light green? No, it's a light red. And, and like he, it was causing him to wake up earlier than he really needed to be. And I was like, F this. And so I adjusted the time out a little bit from 630 to 7. And then he started magically sleeping in until 7. Well, there you go. Let's see. Do we have a round table? Um of the rigidity of schedules topic that we can. Well, what's another scheduling thing? So we talked about kids naps. We talked about kids meals. That's like the majority of like scheduling stuff. Right. But like, what about scheduling extracurricular activities? Like how many extracurricular activities are your kids in and how much, like how, how married to like having extracurricular activities are you? I think that's a good round table because that, that ties into the, the rigidity or the just non-rigidity scheduling topic. Sure. I can start. I have something. Yeah. So we put Graham in soccer. And so that was very specific and it had a cost associated to it. So we wanted to follow through. And then there were, you know, weekends that we had to either say we couldn't do an activity because we had soccer. We have to go to soccer and then Finn was sick so many times that like we actually brought him to a soccer practice and then I it was like horrible and miserable and he had to go to urgent care afterwards because he had a double ear infection that we didn't know about and I felt terrible like I was like I hadn't followed through on my gut to be like no one of us needs to stay home because I'm rigid and controlling whatever anyway um so soccer for sure and and but with that I can't I can't sign us up for fall soccer because there's too many unknowns. There's too many things where I'm just like, well, it started actually a week ago, so it's not a a good investment because we're going to miss a week and then we might miss a couple other ones too. Um, So for me right now at this age, the reward of doing the activity is not enough to validate doing it. Yeah. Everett's in his first. We've got him in swim lessons. He's only been to one class so far because we were at the beach. And so we actually ended up missing two. So talk about not a good investment. Right. And then also it's just like 
the pain in the butt it is. And it's, you know, we're not all going. It's just me. But my mom, my mom was the one that was like, oh, I'm going to take Everett to swim lessons. And then so she was like, let's sign him up. So I was like, okay, I signed him up. You can take him. And she was like, well, you know, you're a much better swimmer than I am. So maybe, maybe, maybe you can just take him to swim. And I was like, okay, but I'll watch Claire. And then she broke her collarbone. So she can't do that either. Um, So now, now on Saturday it becomes, and my husband's on call this weekend too. So it becomes like, can I take Everett to swim lessons? Like I can take Claire with me. They do have a little childcare facility at this, like the YMCA, the gym thing that we belong to. But um, yeah, I mean the, at the age that they are now, where before they've even really expressed a desire to do some sort of hobby or talent, pursue talent or some sort of activity, like, I don't know that it's even worth it. You just want to have a well-rounded kid that's keeping up with the Joneses, right? So, like, I don't know. Or an activity to give you a break. But, yeah, if it gives you a break, but this, I have to be in the water with him the entire time. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah. It's not even like I can sit there and scroll my phone while he, like, splashes around in the pool with a teacher. Crystal. I, we did soccer also. Millie is, like, she actually really likes it. Steve coaches it. He, like, puts it on TV and she, like, asks for her soccer clothes. Like, she really likes soccer. But we did it um, in the winter, I guess. Like, yeah, I guess it was over Easter and Memorial early Day. Early spring. So I guess early spring. <laughs> when did we even do this? <laughs> um, and uh, the class is like, I mean, it's pretty hefty, but we did it under the pretense that they were taking like certain precautions. And the condition that Millie has has her on a medicine that um, weakens her immune system. So they were like really important precautions for us and mask wearing and blah, blah, blah. So I quickly got very frustrated because uh, towards the end of our session, they were like not requiring people to wear masks because case rates were trending down and vaccination rates were trending up. But then case rates started picking up with the introduction of like new variants and they weren't like requiring people to like show any sort of vaccine like card I mean I hate to use that term but to be maskless around my child and like obviously my two-year-old's not wearing a mask so there's already some risk associated with two-year-olds running around together not wearing masks but it was just a level of comfort that I did not enjoy so we did not end up going to a couple of them for that reason and I think ultimately we ended up going to her last one so she could get like her little certificate or whatever, but we didn't like, we stayed in our own little corner or whatever. And really I would love to get her to, into gymnastics because she does like, she wants to be upside, not upside down. She likes to upside. be upside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Which is like fun. super cute. Yeah. Yeah. So she like always wants us to do upside and like Steve like flips him out, flips her over her shoulder, like on the couch or whatever. And she goes, I want a flippy flippy. So I really think she would enjoy it. But the gymnastics around here is like Thursday mornings at 1030. <laughs> like not possible for a working parent on any planet. And then um, like Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., which I guess I could make but she's asleep. It's just, it doesn't like our schedule doesn't work with what they offer. So, and then I'm like rigid to a point, like I'm not going to mess up her sleep and I can't miss work. Yeah. So the, the things I want to do, I can't do at this moment, but 
All right. Well, speaking of the things we want to do that we can't do at this moment, we must adjourn our conversation. But we're Average Moms, and we're here for you, and we appreciate you. And thanks for listening to our episode about the rigidity of schedules. I have so much more to add to this, but I know that we are um, – we're back we're in full force. Out. Yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're running out of steam here, but we're back in full force. So we'll be plenty of conversations coming up. Just so everybody knows, my kid is screaming upstairs. And so I have to, we have to wrap this up because I have to go check on him. Thanks. But thanks, thanks for your patience and your understanding, listeners. Hope that you find the content useful. Feel free to write us a note on our social media if you need us to address any future, um, you know, topics we'd be happy to oblige thank you for listening to the averagemoms.com podcast if it's not one thing it's another